This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. You know, the majority of our podcasts, they're available on our YouTube channel. Just to let you know, search for Carm Capriato. Please subscribe. Love to have you as a subscriber. We're on all the podcast listening apps and also in video to help you satisfy your uptake preferences. Good to have you here. Got a very interesting episode for you. And if we told you how long it took to actually technically pull this thing off, you would say, Carm, what are you doing? Working in, in the dark ages? like to welcome my guests. Look who's here. It's Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care, Madison Heights, Michigan. Hello, William. Hey, Carm. What's up, brother? Good to have you here. Stan Stokes, Iron Fist Marketing Consultants, IronFistMC.com. Hello, Stan. Hey, Carm. Bill, good to see you guys. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, for over 30 years, Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the industry. We'll prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Look at everyone. We are over-consumed with information and data. And sometimes we don't know how to touch it. We don't know what to do with it when we get it. And uh, we sit sometimes back fat and happy, having reams and reams of digital information. And we say, God, I'm not sure I'm built. I have the capabilities that I can dig into it, that I know what to do with it when I get it. So we're here to talk about information and the opportunity for sales improvement, for client behaviors, talent development, big words. Please don't leave the podcast because you say, oh, this is beyond my pay grade. It's not. Okay. And uh, Bill came to me. He's made some big moves in his business with some systems to obviously, Bill's doing the right thing as a business owner to want to improve his uh, relationship with his customers. And he says, got a great company, but Bill is never satisfied. Am I right? You got to improve. If you're not improving, you're dying. That's right. So we brought Stan on board because he decided to bring on Stan to have his incredible software to listen to his phone calls. It's not the person, it's the software, but then you have to interpret the data. And I just can't wait to talk about it. And by the way, we did a great episode with Stan in episodes 300, 734 back in April 2022. So a little, little more than a year ago brilliant episode. I learned so much from you, Stan. So thank you for being here and helping us jump into this thing. It's all about the customer. It's all about CRM. It's all about how we relate to the customer over the phone. We want to bring in that sale, right, Bill? What a great jumping off point. Good way to start this. Uh, let me tell you sort of how Stan and I met. So we were at an out of value uh, tech conference and Bill Haas is doing a class. And so I'm sitting in the second seat with my son, Nick, and Stan is sitting in the front row. Bill is doing his thing and, you know, doing a great class, of course. And then Stan and I strike up a conversation and he tells me he owns this, he's a consultant and it's this, you know, Iron Fist consultant. And I'm thinking, Iron Fist, that's like, what, you know, what is this all about? And so five minutes leads to 10, 10 minutes leads to 20. And he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. He said, you know, we do this thing with quality assurance and we're, we've got this AI that takes every word and we can parse it out and I can come back and report to you sort of how many times you say the word no and 
how many times you're costing yourself a $30 Google AdWord. And I thought, that's, that's pretty intriguing. How can I refuse, you know, no. And here's the interesting thing about this. And I don't want this to turn any more than Stan wants this to be a, a commercial for Iron Fist Consulting. But this is a master class in salesmanship. Make a customer, make a, a potential client an offer they can't possibly refuse. And what looks to be a schedule of pricing that looks like, well, okay, I, I don't know if I need a consultant. I already have a coach. I've had plenty of coaches. And I don't know if I need a, a marketing guru because I've got this CRM company that I do business with and they seem to be doing pretty good for me. And all of a sudden, we spent, was it about two weeks, Dan? Maybe a month is what we did. Yeah. And the stuff that came back, like, oh my God, we've got some work to do. And not in a bad way. Like there's potential here. It's not that we were failing ourselves and we... It's just that we were, there was a lot of money being left on the table and a lot of loose conversations being had. You mean, Bill, that you saw the opportunity because Stan gave you back the information based on the AI listening to the calls. You, you found where the gaps were. We've got, you know, he had an hour on that first phone call and he's going through and we're going over reports and it's making my head spin. I'm scared because there's so much data flying at me. And it's not like I was born yesterday. I mean, I know my way around this stuff. Was it overwhelming or did you say, listen, if I take this in small bites, I'm going to get through this and we'll be better? Initially, I didn't want to share with Stan that it was, there was so much coming in at me because, you know, I want to fix everything all at the same time. But to Stan's credit, as we were discussing this, this is sort of where, I guess this is maybe where the conversation should go over the next however long we're going to be doing this for. I never realized that there's a place for a consultant to be between a coach and a vendor. For the first time, I've come to realize that there's another position. I can hire somebody to be my eyes and ears, to be somebody, my trusted consigliere, right? Like the God hub. So that's so fast forward. We've been working together for what, three or four months now. And we just recently made a switch with a CRM company and a website provider. And that process is going fantastically because Stan isn't just looking at it from my standpoint. He jumps on because he's such a great data guy and he's such a and brilliant mind when it comes to marketing and guest experience. That word is becoming more and more ubiquitous all the time. And so Stan isn't just helping me with my marketing and my call quality assurance and my guest experience. He's also helping my vendor as well. In this case, he's jumping on with them. We're jumping on the same call. We do a weekly call and it's just going fantastically. I mean, I look at this, I'm going, I've got the right people at the table. I've got a consultant who understands the whole picture. And it's funny is Stan and I are of the same age. We're, you know, Jet Xers. And then these young guys that we have that I should mention their names. So it's, it's Shop Genie, Kieran O'Brien. You've met Kieran. These young guys are so technically brilliant. And so we've got this young generation and we've got these two older guys. And what's coming out of this is going to be something really special. I hope to share that with you here as time goes on. When you say connect with my vendors, are you talking about the CRM, the SMS? All the above. Kind of feeding off that podcast we did last year, which was cold conversion. And really just changing that tone to more of understanding the guest experience in your shop. And guest experience, 99% of the time starts with a phone call, right? We want everybody to book an appointment online. We want everybody to use our little chat bots and all that stuff we're launching. But the reality is, is that if I don't know you, I'm going to call you and ask you how much is it do you fix or some conversation is going to start that way. 
But the end goal is for you to book an appointment with me because you can't fix my call on the phone, right? So the first very easy thing that we do is we audit those phone calls. The technology we use is, is really irrelevant, but it's really about auditing the phone conversation and then helping Bill and anyone else understand what's going on with this conversation to let me know why I'm not getting a good return on my investment with this campaign that this vendor's running, right? Does that make sense, Carl? Oh, yeah. And I, I think I said this last time, we're operationalizing the data. That's what we're doing at the end of the day. Bill said, man, this is a lot of data. And I said, well, don't worry about the data. Let me give you the action items. The action items are, we need to be coaching the team or listening to these calls and then measuring the performance of that coaching to measure compliance. That's it at the end of the day. We spend all this money to put DBI systems in, POS systems, put all those systems in place, and we have a process. Very clearly, hey, man, you go here, you put this information, you do this. It gets to the telephone call, there is no process. And so we have backed up and said, we need to operationalize this process and come out and say, this is how we can improve this to get a better return on our investment, but ultimately improve our customer count. So we simply just audited those phone calls for Bill and kind of pointed out by service advisor where the conversation's going, what's ultimately ending in the conversation, but more importantly, Carm, why did we not book the appointment? That's the key. Hey, you got 100 calls. You only booked an appointment with 20 of them. Well, what happened to the other 80? Well, specifically, this happened and this happened and this happened and this. And if these things weren't happened, then you might have had a different outcome. Does that make sense? It sure does. I want to stop for a moment and talk to the audience about the words AI. Because when we did our episode a while back, Bill, on the call conversion, episode 734, I believe you mentioned, you know, artificial intelligence. You may have, you may have not. But again, it's not a human listening to the calls. It is a system or a computer. And it, it's coming at you. Yep. My point was, is that it seemed last year like AI was this weird thing. Who knows? You know, wow. Is he marketing this? Is it for real? And I think today we all appreciate that AI is some real thing that can be pretty damn intelligent. Yeah. The simplest way I can explain this to a fellow shop owner would be, what if AI could track every single time the word no is used in a phone call? And then you dig into those phone calls and you find out, you hear things like, hey, can you give me a price on a brake job? And the answer is, no, I can't give it to you until you bring the vehicle in. When you could say the exact same thing and say, absolutely, we can get you a price on that. Would you prefer Tuesday afternoon or mon or would you prefer the Monday afternoon appointment, three o'clock, or would you prefer the Tuesday morning? And to Stan's point, it's about booking the appointment because what came out of those phone calls is I've got brilliant people that want to educate on the phone. I have Casey, who's my shop foreman. He's been with me since he was 18 years old. It's been 20 some years. Casey is a professor. What we don't want is a professor on the phone because all we need is the freaking appointment and we're taking way too much time with that. So do we book the appointment? We can't. Are we effective at doing that? Yes. Do we have happy customers? Yes. Can we do it in less time? Yes. Why are we not doing that? Because we don't know the blueprint. And so it took Stan to help us through that. And so what we ended up doing in that particular situation, he's our shop foreman. We said, you're no longer answering the phones unless the building's on fire, unless everybody, there's no more people up front. You are literally just the backup. We hired on a service advisor and we're now training him. What would I say? It's a more intensive, deeper dive into call quality assurance assessments. We, we did personality assessment. Here's something you'll laugh at, Carm. When we did their personality assessments, four of us, 
who do you suppose needed coaching more than anybody? You. Gee, I wonder why. I looked at that and I'm thinking, I was, there was a little bit of, I was a little indignant. And I thought to myself, of course you need coaching. You haven't had a boss in 35 <laughs> years. Of course you do it when that dog doesn't listen. And you didn't fire Stan. No. It's very interesting how these things organically happen. When we first came in, as with a lot of business owners we work with, you don't know what you don't know, right? And the assessment kind of covers that. Well, what's the next step from an assessment, right? An assessment's just an assessment if you don't do anything with it, right? And there's personality assessments, which is a little different than what we're measuring. We're measuring inherent traits. So let's say, Corn, for example, that you hire me as a service advisor. I got a great resume, right? We get along really well. And you hire me on the gut feeling that, man, I like Stan and I think he's going to fit in well, right? That's generally how we go about hiring people. And then you get me in my in the position and about 90 days into it, you realize, man, something's, something's missing here. What is it? And I just kind of burn out or I leave and then you've invested how much ever money you have to get me trained in and rimmed up to really say, wow, that wasn't a good hiring decision. Or it moved me from one position to another position. We see that, right? Where I've been a tech in the back and I want to come to the front. Great. You want to let me do that because I'm a great guy. So large corporations have the, these tools and we brought these tools down to this industry to where they're affordable. And we're, our team's been trained to look at those inherent traits. I'll give you a perfect example. You're never in an interview going to tell me, Corm, hey man, I just got to let you know I avoid conflict. It's, I'm just not comfortable with conflict. You're never going to ask me that more than likely in the interview. And I'm not going to tell you that. But our business is centered around conflict. And I'll give an example why. Consumer calls and says, how much is and do you fix? Because that's all they know. How do I know that? We've listened to enough call. That's They always start that way or some story to get back to, do you fix and how much is? My immediate response is to be, unfortunately, I can't answer that question. I need to look at your car. So our transaction starts with conflict right? So if I have an inherent ability and I'm not comfortable with conflict, I'm going to struggle in that conversation. So these assessments, these inherent assessments that we do measure these things in people. So I can tell Bill, when we went back to Bill, we did an inherent traits assessment on his team. There were some things that we were able to point out. And it was so interesting because they had been with Bill for so long, he had already recognized that. But if I was brand new coming in, he didn't know that. And so we do two things with that, Corn. We first, we use this to determine, is this the right person to be answering the phone? Because if they avoid conflict, they're not, they're going to have difficulty following the process and the script to get to a book appointment. So if you can determine where the gaps are in the conversation, and then you can align where the inherent trait difficulties are or opportunities, then you can train to it. So if I know, Carm, that you are a person that likes process and you're a person that likes to be, has a script and I can know that going in, then I can make sure that I've got an SOP and I've got that for you to make you successful in our business. That just falls right into um, doing the assessment, then kind of making sure your team aligns with this and then you're off and running. And the end result is you see an increase in appointment rate. That's the outcome, right? The outcome is I want to book eight out of 10 versus three out of 10. Apex 2023 is hard at work building the largest and most comprehensive expo in the nation. From vendor booths to Joe's garage with 10 working bays, 
Prepare to learn by doing and attending classes from some of the best and the brightest industry trainers that continually get superior rating from students. Register at aapexshow.com and choose your training classes like EVAP Diagnostics, the Analytical Test Drive, Diagnosing Keys and Immobilizer Systems, and a class on Is the Transmission to Blame, among 30 others. Yes, Apex has the industry's top classes and trainers in a new setting this year. Also find every top industry company ready to talk with you about your business needs and career. So if you earn your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Plan your three days around Joe's Garage and see tools and equipment in action. Register now at aapexshow.com, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex, now more than ever. Let's face it, your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. NapaTrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. NapaTrax offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Trax is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. We are a professional profession, and we have customers that we can bring in to love us for us to love them, but we have to deal with our initial interaction better than we are, period. Yeah. What I love about Stan, you know how, Carmen, you have hundreds and hundreds of people in your life. And if I said a word like integrity or whatever it might be, every word I would choose, you would find one person that you would attach that word to because that person represents whatever. And with Stan, it's like over and over again, we come full circle moment. And this phrase I attach to Stan is, how do we know that if we don't measure it? How do we know that? What's our proof? And we do, we're doing this over and over again. And it's good for me because I'm about a relationship guy. And I sort of, I let the relationship lead. And I trust, because I've been doing this long enough, I trust that the relationship and the quality of the relationship will become profitable and beneficial, mutually beneficial for both parties. And what Stan is helping me to understand is it's good to have faith, but it's even better when you have data to substantiate your gut instinct. What is it that you say all the time? Until then, Stan will say, until then, you've got nothing more than a hunch. Until you can prove it, you've got nothing more than a hunch. Bob Greenwood, God rest his soul. Our late Bob Greenwood, what did he say? Numbers don't lie. I hope everyone here finds it fascinating that we have the sophisticated technology today to go from, you know, like you say, five to 10, eight to 10, whatever that value is. But Bill, were you surprised after your assessment, as good as you are, to explain to a customer, you know, why that you would ultimately have in the long run the cheaper price than him chasing some really good deal. Did you find it? Wow, I can't believe I shouldn't be on my counter. You grew the business from day one. Think think about how hard you worked to get where you are. And now you're buying into the new level of sophistication that it takes to take your business to another level. For me personally, 
what I'm learning as a shop owner is that I've excused myself over the years when I go grab a phone call because I'm helping them out. I'll excuse myself in having a 15, 20 minute conversation with somebody because after all, my time is free. I'm not on the clock, but there's, there's a customer here that may not necessarily need a 15 minute lecture from Bill about the importance of EVAP system failure and all this other stuff. And he's right, by the way, you do know how to do that. Yeah. And so would it help us to just say, why don't we get you in here and let's find out rather than us discussing it further? I mean, sometimes you have people that, that want to chit chat, whatever. That time is so incredibly valuable on the phone. For all of you shop owners that are like me, you look down and it's nine o'clock in the morning and he's like, man, I've been here since seven. And then you blink twice and it's two o'clock in the afternoon. And then you look and you go, what the hell did I accomplish today? Hey, I saw a bunch of customers. We shook some hands and kissed some babies. But other than that, what did I do with my time today? Bill, you were telling me, listen, in three months, we, you've worked with Stan on phone call analytics, personality assessments, script writing, compliance monitoring, CRM, and the guest experience enhancement. Those are all such incredible, important strategies to great customer experience. Did you ever think you'd be that involved in this next sophisticated level? I've been waiting for somebody like Stan to come into my life because I'll give you this example, Carm. So right now we're working with Shop Genie and we just developed our new website. One of the features in Shop Genie is that more price transparency. And so in discussing this with Stan and discussing this with Kieran, we're, we're having these calls every Friday. And what's brilliant about it is one person at the table is saying, why are we throwing price up there? Is the customer asking for a price at this point? And so Jasmine is the AI function inside ShopGD and she's getting smarter and smarter every day. And so the question is that we're literally at the building, building the foundations for this right now is at what point does Jasmine, does the AI throw a price out there? So the customer says, hey, how much for a break job? Does the AI dare say, hey, by the way, Carm, just out of curiosity, how did you arrive at that? How did you arrive at the fact that you needed a break job? I don't know. I'm hearing a squeaking sound. Does the AI dare say, hey, would it interest you to know that not all brake noises lead to a brake repair? And then maybe at, at the third time, what does Barry Barrett say? After three times, you got to give him that answer, right? So, and so after the third time, customer says, look, I need a price. What is the average brake break price? And so now Jasmine or AI can come back and say, across that in the 25 years that we've been in business, the average cost of a brake job, and I'm pulling in national information, average brake job is about $500. How does that sound to you? And the customer says, well, that sounds like a lot of money. Well, how about we book you in for an appointment or have one of our service advisors contact you to discuss that in further detail? That's what I want for my AI. This is totally AI. I have this very interesting question. I'm not sure Stan or Bill can answer it, but if you have an AI feature in your website, wouldn't it be cool if you could turn a switch on that says, listen, I'm all about price. I'm all about transactional. Just let it rip. Let's figure this out. Or I'm all about consultative or relationship. So I want to beam out two or three or four. I don't want to have to give up a price until we try a little harder to bring a person in. Does that make any kind of logical sense, guys? It does. We're diving real deep into understanding what is the guest experience track look like. Right. So the track is I asked a price, I asked this, I asked this, this outcome comes to this. It's almost like taking a phone call. We know a phone call, right? How do you 
teach AI to learn that script. Because once a machine learns something, it doesn't have any human emotion attached to it. It's just following a process. And the AI is learning from historical data, how to interpret that information and a lot of other cool things that AI is doing. But I think what one of the things that Bill, as because, and you said this, man, this sounds like a lot of information. It's just way above me. Our whole role in this is to come in and interpret all that for you and give it to you in a digestible format. That's our job. It's not your job to figure out all this data. That's what you hire a consultant for. As long as they're industry and content experts. I can be a content expert, meaning I know AI, but that doesn't mean I know anything about the automotive aftermarket, right? So we really tried to say, hey, we're going to be content experts and we're going to be industry experts. And if we don't know the answer, we're going to work with these really smart people that you're interested in working with, right? So it's just kind of becoming like Bill said, Carm, is that conduit between all of this cool stuff out there and you, because at the end of the day, you got to keep running your business. Hey, you got to keep running your business and you don't have time to get into all the nuts and bolts of these things. And so because our industry is evolving, and I think I went back from the podcast, what two things have happened, right? Consumer behavior shifted and technology has taken off for this industry. Those two things alone are disrupting the way we operate our business. So we really have to go back and look at, man, do I have good SOPs? Do I have somebody can help me implement that? Do I have some way to measure that? And you get overwhelmed with all that. You go, man, I can't do this. Okay, I need someone that can put on my hat and t-shirt and do that for me. That's it at the end of the day, right? I mean, is that a fair way to say that, Bill? Yeah. We've got all this great data. We're finding out our strengths and our weaknesses, our capabilities per sales advisor. And Stan, I know that one of your key talking points is the guest experience training. And I'd like to find out is if you're doing it or do you say, hey, listen, Bill, you need to go out and get a service advisor trainer. We're going to give you the data that they need to work on. How does that part work? It's really your option. The shop has working with a trade, right? We're just provide that to that trainer. If the shop's not, we have those services available. You know, I don't want to get into we're better and they're this and that kind of conversation. It's that it's really up to the shop. If they have somebody they're comfortable with, just like Bill has third-party vendors that he works with or CRM systems, he likes them. He just wants us to kind of help move things along. So the guest experience training, though, I think it's the way we're approaching it because we're approaching it with some different data points than just saying, here's training, right? Meaning that I go back to that example, Corm. I know that you have difficulty with conflict. I can't just take a boilerplate training program and give it to you and you're going to pick it up because that's an inherent trait you struggle with. Well, if I know that about you and I'm a trainer, then I might be able in this particular training module go a little bit different direction. So customizing the training to the service advisor versus trying to take the service advisor and put him into the training. You got to customize them both. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does, because there's an awful lot of service advisor trainers. They do it a couple of different ways. They'll have masterminds maybe every couple of weeks with a SA team, but they also do one-on-one coaching. I can see where the data from Iron Fist comes into the owner, forwarded to the sales advisor, and then the metrics come back to see how well that training is really happening. Correct. Measure the performance. That's the big thing is that you can look at a call all day long and you can 
determine all these conversion rates. But at the end of the day, you paid for someone to train your team. How do you measure that they're getting better? And so that's a lot of the things that we are starting to be able to do is an offer a way to measure improvement. That's the only way to justify whoever you use for training is you were at this conversion rate on this particular talking point, you've improved or you went backwards. Hey, Bill, do you think your business is going to grow? Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. So what Stan left out was his partner, Eric Renninger, is the one that does the training. And so Nick spent 30, 40 hours. Bill, you paid for 40, but he got 10. Yeah, it was probably 20 hours. They spent a lot of this time going over the minutia of sort of what's involved in a, the sales process and a, a calls. And, and so Nick got a ton of information from that. This is what's interesting, Carm. I thought that we had to record it and I would just watch it so that I would gain. But it's so customized that by the time you look at something like that, you think, absolutely not. Everybody has to go through it themselves because it has to be a, a one-on-one process where you've got a coach and the client has a hundred percent of their attention. And so that there's no distractions. There's no way that the quieter person in a room of 12 service advisor trainees is going to get himself to be able to hide in a room. There's no place to hide when you're one-on-one in a coaching situation like that. So that's what I, I really appreciated about that. And some of this stuff, you would think it would be pretty, like we would have already solved this. Like one of the, the problems is many shop management systems and their scheduling, they have a, an appointment reminder. So you set up a reminder four or five days ago, the day before your visit, we send you a thing that says, hey, Carm, we're just a reminder that your oil change, you know, you're in for an oil change, you know, Tuesday, the, the 15th or whatever it might be. But where's the confirmation after we hang up the phone? What happens when I'm the fifth place that you called? We just got off the phone. I failed to explain to you, hey, Carm, you know where we're at, by the way? You don't? Okay. Well, not to worry here. We're on 14 mile between John R. and DeQuinder. And then after I hang up, you get a text message that says, hey, this is just to confirm. This is your appointment. This is what time you're bringing it in. Anything changes, here's a link to that. This is the next step. This is the, what would it look like if there's a video that's attached to that, that shows you where you park and how you come in. And if you're dropping the car after hours, who you're going to see behind the counter. Yeah, we've done shows on that to actually have the service advisor do the video, you know, according to a script, make it as personal as you can instead of sending out a generic video. But I think you're so right, Bill. Let me see if I can cover this one more really quick time. In fact, I think, Stan, you and I covered this, looking for the new CXO individual of the business. So who's the CXO? He's the client experience officer. So, so think about this. This hit me the other day on a podcast. I was saying, you got a small business. You can't fit a new person to be a CXO. So you sit with your people, Bill, and you say, hey, I, I just want to let you know I have a new opening in the company. It's called a CXO. And let them pause. Give yourself a good quality 15-second pause. And they're going to say, everybody's going to try to figure out what the X means. <laughs> CXO, God, God, the client experience officer. Well, we're a big shop, but we're not. We're a small shop, but we're not. And Listen, we need to have this position. Let me explain it to you. And you go to your deepest personal self of why an experience in this great company is so important and how it feeds us and takes care of people. And you say, look, I'd like all of you to be the CXO. Don't we all feel we have that responsibility in us? Until I got 10 shops and I can hire a real live, honest to God, body CXO that does a bunch of stuff, we all need to be the CXO. So it's Bill Nalu, comma, CXO, comma, CEO, whatever. And I think where you're going and Stan, what you're doing 
involves this level of professionalism that we are striving for in our industry. To get us to that, as I said the word earlier, sophisticated level, this is just beautiful stuff to talk about, Bill. Going from good to great. I'm good now, but I want to be great. I want to go back to, because we're all talking about leveraging data, one of the things that the bill was talking about. So how do you even know that this is a problem? Because I say this all the time, you don't know what you don't know. And one of the things that when we look at all of the KPIs out in the industry, especially around guest experience, and I ask shop owners all the time, do you have any idea of what percentage of the people that you booked an appointment with actually showed up? Bill, could you gut that for us right now? What's your gut feeling on that? About 20%. Okay. Is what historically what I would have thought we had. What's interesting, though, when customers wouldn't show up, we would delete them off the schedule that because they didn't show up, we would delete the fact that we had a schedule. Guess what happens in the reporting of that? We don't know that a customer didn't show up for their appointment because it was deleted. So that little thing, when Stan says, hey, let's not delete these because we need to find out what happens here. Did, did somebody, did the service advisor call the customer to say, hey, by the way, did you forget about your appointment? Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Can I come in tomorrow? Absolutely. We'll move it right over. We'll move and, it right and, over. And where that leads to, Carmen, is it goes back to the conversation. What percentage of your calls are you not confirming your directions? Well, if I'm not confirming directions in 80% of my phone calls that I'm booking an appointment with, probably going to have a pretty high show no rate. Right. So again, it's leveraging this data. It's great data, but what do you do with it? Well, what you do with that is, okay, we got to really focus on making sure that we're clarifying that, you know, how do we get here? Instead of just relying on our systems to send out a reminder, because that's what Bill was talking about. We become complacent from the perspective of, oh, my CRM system does all that. Does it really? Does it do it every time? Frankly, the CXO never assumes. Correct. That's our job, yeah. right? Our job is to not assume anything, right? Track it and then measure it and then figure out a way to make it better. Never assume, never take it for granted, never think that the software is working. Always pay attention, get inside, get under the covers. And in this particular case, get deep in the weeds. Yeah. This is good stuff, guys. I mean, I, we could go on for two hours and have this incredible discussion, but I think what we've done is we've shaped and, and laid a wonderful concept and nice little Easter egg here. I think, to enjoy and to color. Hmm, I'm getting way off track here. Years ago, we would do a father-daughter breakfast and right across the street was the high school and there was a Panera Bread there. And this would have been, whatever, eight years ago, nine years ago. This was the year where Panera Bread, remember those kiosks? They brought the kiosks out and you would order your stuff on the kiosk. And so my daughter says, Dad, you got to check this out. Look at how cool this kiosk is. So she's putting in our order and stuff and I'm standing there. What was typically four or five people deep at seven o'clock in the morning and overwhelmed cashiers and pulling orders and stuff. I'm sitting there, I'm just looking over her shoulder at the cashier and the cashier's just kind of standing there like the only girl that hasn't been asked to dance at the prom. And immediately what hurt, hit me, I thought to myself, now here's a company failing its own people. Here's somebody that has had an opportunity to say to somebody that was having a bad day, hey Carl, how are you doing today? Actually, I'm doing pretty crappy. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What happened? My dog of 15 years, we had to put him down last night. I'm so sorry to hear that, Carm. Maybe I can make your day a little bit easier. What can I get for you today, right? Just a little bit of acknowledgement. How in the hell is AI ever going to do that for us? And so eventually you see that, that their people are no longer behind the counter. So now look at what's happened culturally. Most of these fast food restaurants, there's not a human being anywhere to be found. 
as if we weren't far enough from our food source. Now we don't even have the people that hand us the bag that says, thank you for coming in today. Hopefully you enjoy your meal. We don't even have that in our fast food anymore. So that is a danger. That's what I'm afraid of AI will turn into if we're not careful. And the other point I want to make is do not hire somebody like Stan if you want to improve your tactics, if you want to improve your ability to gather data and all this other stuff. The only reason you want to hire him is if guest experience is your religion. That's the only reason you would want to get somebody with that kind of experience and knowledge involved with, because that's who he is. That's his religion. Bill, you just described the future. You know, you've heard about the new Walgreens model because of all the, you know, all the theft. They're going to put it behind closed doors. You're going to press a couple of buttons and get it. And then someone was saying, you remember the old cafeterias of years ago where you'd go in and you put your 50 cents, a dollar into a thing, you'd pull the slot and there comes your pie, your sandwiches, your food, right? 10,000 square foot vending machine. Yeah, it's vending machine. Well, guess what, everyone? If these are trends, Bill, because of our the Gen X millennials, and I'm not down on them at all, it's just this seems to be the preferences that they have. We have got to turn that around when it comes to automotive repair and the big ticket items and the assurances that they're going to have a great customer experience. We got to fight it and we got to be more intimate with us. Now, Stan, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. You're right. And I think an easy way to summarize, because we talked so many great things, is I encourage every shop owner to do an audit of their guest experience, whether it's someone like us, get someone that understands that language. That's the first step. You just got to audit things. And then you got to kind of measure it against what's going on in your shop. The second thing is you really want to get insight into the strengths of the individuals responsible for managing customer relationships, right? And that's really a good team assessment. And you need to use something that's been tried and true. Assessments need to be based upon millions and millions of of assessments, right? So it can't just be an assessment you made for your shop. You want one that's that's built for the industry. The third thing, once you've done that, I encourage folks to really look at what their training needs are based upon the audit and the assessment. And then fourth is measure those results, right? I've made some compliances. I've made some KPIs. Now I want to measure that. And at the end of the day, Coram, improving guest experience, increasing your book deployment rate, your show rate, and marketing campaigns return on investment. I mean, that's it at the end, end of the day, right? You can really summarize it because we get so buried in the data. And that's why I think so many people just shut away from looking at this. There's a simple way to do this. You just got to have the right people to help you do it. You will definitely answer all of your hunches and you're definitely answer all of your questions. I love it. Wait a minute. Answer your hunches. That would be called my intuition. <laughs> my intuition. It's, my intuition is so strong, sometimes I'm afraid of it. Bill Nalu, Interstate Auto Care, Madison Heights, Michigan. Thank you, my brother, for being here. Appreciate that. And Stan Stokes, Iron Fist Marketing Consultants on the web at ironfistmc.com. Brilliant discussion. Thank you all so much. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 